Welcome to episode 15 of Insurance Made Simple. I am your host, Peter Vitale, and today we're going to talk about the rising cost of auto insurance. And I laugh because I feel like I've started the last several podcasts um, talking about that, but it is such a huge and transformational issue in the insurance industry right now that literally there could be nothing larger to talk about. And um, today, um, you know, the day I'm recording this episode, um, we have the consumer price index inflation numbers that were released. And auto insurance inflation has nudged closer to 10% on the eighth straight month of uh, consumer price index increases. So, I mean, this is a huge issue. Ladies and gentlemen, if your auto insurance policy is up for renewal in October, November, or December, and you have an annual policy and you haven't, um, you know, seen renewal in, you know, uh, almost a year now, brace yourselves because the costs are going up. And, you know, I mean, let's talk about this logically, right? We see, right, the cost to fix a car is going to be more because parts have gone up. The cost to, you know, when a car is totaled, you know, used car prices are up. So this is, you know, these rate increases are strictly due to the cost of claims that are increasing. This is, you know, I would say that I'm a pretty aggressive enthusiast of the insurance industry. And I watch the insurance carriers very closely, right? You know, candidly, these are um, the products that I sell, but I don't just sell any product and I don't just take what an insurance carrier is saying um, at face value. Uh, I'm the kind of person that digs in a lot deeper to what's going on. I immerse myself in industry trade publications and, you know, uh, rate filings with the the various um, insurance regulators around the country, as well as competitive intelligence and and talk to and, and network with, uh, you know, folks that work at insurance carriers and, and other insurance agents, folks who work in, you know, claims uh, departments, uh, finance departments uh, at various carriers. And so I'm always, you know, looking to kind of independently verify um, the information that, that they are um, reporting. And this is one instance where auto insurance pricing going up is strictly due to inflation. I mean, this is an out-of-control situation, and I'll read um, from this article that says, um, you know, the motor vehicle consumer price index is inching closer to double digits with July's number coming in at 8.7% higher year over year. This is the eighth consecutive month of increases for the index, um, and it surpasses July's inflation of 7.4% higher year over year. So now we're at 87 Compared with pre-pandemic figures, we're at 8.2% higher. So, you know, it's slightly uh, less aggressive when you look at, you know, August of 2019 um, compared to the most recent August. But, I mean, medical charges rose uh, 5.3% year over year. Uh, New and used vehicle prices were up 9.8% year over year. I mean, used vehicle prices... um, you know, the increases appear to be moderating. 
according to some. You know, we also heard from um, the CEO of Allstate Insurance um, who presented to uh, Barclays um, Investment Conference today who basically suggested in his remarks that, you know, people get loans on used cars. Therefore, we don't expect used car prices to kind of, you know, go back to what they once were because people are securing loans against these. You know, if all of a sudden your car, uh, the equity in your car goes down tremendously, you go upside down, you know, on a car loan. Uh, he's suggesting that that's a reason why uh, used car prices are not going to go down. I- I'm not sure if I follow that logic completely. I understand the point he's making. Um, I'm not sure that it's entirely accurate or um, it's going to play out that way. I just, I don't know. He obviously has access to much more data and predictive insights than I do, but I would say that um, we've never seen this before and we just don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, we see inflation going up like crazy. Um, We've also seen studies, right? Affordability of personal auto insurance uh, is three times worse in Louisiana compared to the most affordable state. And this is something I've really found interesting because in this study, uh, and this was conducted by the Insurance Research uh, Council, they've done a study on affordability of personal auto insurance. And um, this three-to-one disparity, I I will say, is very interesting because what you look at here is in Louisiana, the annualized cost of auto insurance for a family Uh, And you compare that to the median household income, and it's suggested in Louisiana, people pay 3.01% of their household income to auto insurance. And in the most affordable state of Hawaii, that's 0.95%. So much uh, more affordable to purchase automobile insurance in Hawaii and New Hampshire and North Dakota versus Louisiana, Florida, and Michigan. In Michigan, someone pays 2.33% of their household income on average uh, to auto insurance. You know, that's double what it is in over double in Hawaii, uh, New Hampshire, and North Dakota. So, um, you know, the Insurance Research Council put out a very robust uh, study that talks about the state variations in auto insurance uh, affordability, and they focused on the key drivers of that cost uh, and the underlying um, pricing metrics. So, you know, they talk about things, you know, what causes uh, this to happen, and, you know, it's accident frequency, obviously. We all know that. Uh, How often are accidents happening in a particular area is going to affect your auto insurance pricing, right? It's logical. You know, what the repair costs are, you know, the injury claim uh, frequency, the injury claim severity, uh, medical utilization, attorney involvement, claim abuse, uninsured motorists, litigation climate, those things are all coming in and, you know, impacting the rate environment of a particular state or even city within those states. But it is if you live in Louisiana, Florida, or Michigan, you are paying between two and three times more as a percentage of your household income than what folks in Hawaii, New Hampshire, and North Dakota are. And so this is interesting. I mean, it's a pretty a three to one disparity in affordability um, between the least affordable and the most affordable state. I think is a pretty big spread. I think that um, perhaps um, 
you know, if the Insurance Research Council wanted to really look at this at a more interesting and kind of more granular level, they could perhaps look at the zip codes and the most expensive zip codes in the country for automobile insurance versus the least expensive as it relates to household income. Um, well, I would say that we would expect that to be much more drastic. And I say that knowing full well that, you know, there are certain areas in Michigan that have, you know, almost four or five to one cost of automobile insurance versus other zip codes in Michigan as well. So this is something we've known about uh, for a long time. There are big disparities in affordability and auto insurance. It's nothing new. But when we have all of this other stuff going around at the same time with auto insurance prices going up, 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 up like crazy, now when we take a 10% uh, rate increase in a particular area, is that going to affect someone in Hawaii where auto insurance is the most affordable uh, in any state versus how is that going to impact someone in Louisiana where it's the least affordable based on cost and income? So obviously that 10% rate hike is going to exasperate the problem in Louisiana. Um, it's not going to be a great situation for the folks in Hawaii either, uh, but comparatively, it's going to make the situation in Louisiana, uh, Michigan, and Florida much, much worse. So, you know, we're starting to also see non-industry, let's call them mainstream news sources like the Wall Street Journal, um, pick up uh, information uh, within the past few weeks about uh, how inflation is changing, you know, auto insurance pricing very aggressively. And we've seen some of the things that are happening, right? I, I've talked in previous podcasts about, um, you know, the regulatory climate in New York and California where auto insurance regulators are simply saying, eh, we're, we're not going to really review uh, auto insurance um, rate increases at this time. And, um, you know, that's caused a fair amount, I would say, of uh, hostility, for lack of a better word, with the regulators um, from the insurance industry. And in fact, I'm looking at an article now that says, you know, Geico laments extreme and unprecedented delays in California auto rate reviews. And so, you know, kind of the crux of this article is that California has been sitting on rate increase requests from auto insurance carriers for quite some time. And Geico has then filed the subsequent rate increase when the first one wasn't even approved yet. And California's position is this is a total increase that has exceeded, um, I believe it's 6.9%. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, or 6.8%. And it, it's exceeded that. Therefore, it needs to go to a public hearing. And Geico's position is these are two independent rate filings. One is for a 6.8% increase, and one is like for another 6.8%, and they need to be, uh, you know, handled um, separately, and they shouldn't go to a public hearing because each one is under the 6.9% threshold for a public hearing under California's Proposition 103, um, which you may remember from before. That is the same California ballot initiative um, that passed in, I believe, 1989 that uh, outlawed the use of uh, credit scores in insurance pricing in California. So, you know, Geico is kind of 
you know, ticked off a little bit, um, at least it appears, um, with the California regulator. And the California regulator basically said, we don't care. We're going to notice this for a public hearing if you don't withdraw um, the other rate increase. And Geico uh, expressed their difference of opinion uh, over the rules. And, um, you know, they didn't think this was uh, the way for, you know, the regulator to... um, handle the situation, but they did end up withdrawing that um, rate filing increase, uh, the second one. So now they just sit and wait for the first one to get approved, and um, we don't know exactly when that will be. So, uh, you know, I'm not certain if this is good news um, for California consumers. I mean, it's certainly they're not going to be taking a rate increase like the rest of the country is, but this is all math, right? So insurance carriers need to charge an adequate rate. And if the rate isn't adequate, they need to raise it. And if they can't raise it, they're eventually not going to have the money to pay claims. Um, Certainly, I'm not suggesting that the California Department of Insurance is going to force this issue so long that it puts uh, an insurer on the brink of insolvency. Um, They certainly won't do that, um, at least in my opinion. But we are seeing insurance companies, and we talked about this on a previous podcast, do things like tighten underwriting guidelines, change down payments, things like that, to slow down new business um, because they view new business as less profitable than tenured business. So, you know, this situation in California is, it could be political in nature, right? The uh, insurance commissioner, there's a public official elected by the public at large in California. So this things could change. I think that's kind of common what... Um, you know, analysts that cover um, auto insurance companies uh, for financial institutions are saying that they expect this to kind of fizzle out after uh, the election's over. But I'm not so sure. I think, um, you know, this could go on a little bit longer than what most people are thinking. Also interesting, um, you know, talking about Geico again, right? Um, You know, they're taking huge rate increases everywhere else. You know, in July, Geico um, won approval for $777 million in additional future premiums throughout the country. You know, three quarters of a billion dollars, you know, in, in rate increases were approved by other regulators. So it's getting serious. Um, you know, when we're talking about in one month, you know, Geico won approval for $777 million in additional future premiums. That's serious money. You know, they obviously have the numbers to back this up that they need that based on, you know, how loss costs are trending. But this is a big amount. You know, farmers insurance uh, ranked highest, uh, you know, in getting approval. And they there were close to 9.1% range of rate increases in the month of July. I'm sorry, in the month of August for farmers. You know, and industry publications are saying no slowdown is expected in the near term. I mean, that is a direct quote. No slowdown is expected in the near term. So, ladies and gentlemen, the price of, of auto insurance is going up. I could talk about that for another, you know, two hours. But what can you do? And this is where I'm going to start talking um, a little bit about the strategy of how to really, you know, find an insurance agent or an insurance company that you want to work with. And what I've come to know is in being involved um, in insurance marketing, 
um, for, you know, over the past decade is that there's one place that everyone in 2022 is going to go to start their journey for a new insurance agent or a new insurance carrier, and that's the internet, right? Everyone knows that. that that's no surprise. Um, but what I would suggest you do is I would suggest you pay attention to your internet search. And I would suggest that you pay attention to where that search is leading you. And right, I mean, let's, we all know this, Google is an enterprise that is uh, designed to make money, um, primarily through selling advertising space. And, and look at where those search results and which ones are paid ads and look at the websites and say, is this an actual insurance agency that I've gone to? Is this just a a page about insurance that's going to then sell my data to, you know, hundreds of insurance agents who are all going to bombard me and call me and text me and email me 300,000 times? Um, that is probably the case when um, you're Googling and you click the first few ads that come up. I would say be skeptical of that because wouldn't it make sense to find someone who's in your area, it doesn't mean in your city, it doesn't mean at the end of your street, it doesn't even necessarily mean in your state, but doesn't it make more sense to find someone who is an insurance professional, go directly to their website, and then reach out and contact them? I think, and I know, I don't think, I, I know you're going to have a better luck finding a more qualified insurance advisor and someone who is going to take the time to shop multiple carriers for you and your family's needs and to make sure you're getting a competitive price and to make sure that you're getting the insurance you need to advise you on things like for, you know, literally a dollar a month more, you can get X more in coverage or, you know, for a few bucks less, you know, you could sacrifice just this one thing in exchange for, you know, getting a lot more of this other thing. So, Checking to see, you know, and the digital advertising space is an interesting place. And I'm not trying to disparage um, digital advertisers, but I'm just trying to say be cautious as a consumer when you're searching for any product on the internet and be cautious where you put your information because I don't think anyone's intent when they go to look for insurance or anything online is to go and, you know, say, I want to get 400 phone calls tomorrow by insurance agents, um, you know, from all over the country who may or may not know anything specific about my area, who may or may not know anything specific about my family. Um, and I want them just to kind of, you know, do the best they can. You want to find someone who's an expert. You want to find someone who's well-respected in your community. You want to find someone who represents multiple carriers. In my opinion, you could always go direct to a carrier, but why wouldn't you go to someone who can go direct to multiple carriers for you um, that knows the difference in coverage levels uh, between those carriers? Why wouldn't you go to a professional? So I would say, take a look when you're searching for auto insurance always email me, call me. I'm happy to help. Even if I don't write insurance in the state that you live in, I can do my best to connect you with someone uh, in that state that I think would take very good care of you and has access to the products that uh, you, know, you and your family need. Um, so that's kind of an aside because I, I think that the more aware we become with um, digital marketing 
we don't necessarily think um, you know that we're going to get bombarded with with dozens and dozens and dozens of phone calls when we fill out an online form, but that seems to be happening more and more and more um, in the world today. So I would just say, you know, check out your local Better Business Bureau too and see who accredited businesses are in that community. Um, you know, I serve on the the board of directors of uh, the BBB here uh, in Michigan, and. Um, you know, I think that's a good barometer. It's kind of a, an old school barometer, um, but the BBB is doing great things. And um, I think that they're the gold standard in terms of, is this a legitimate business? Is this someone that I should be transacting business with? And so I would say, you know, you can start there. Also look at Google reviews. You know, how many Google reviews does this um, business have? How many Google reviews are positive? I think Google reviews are a tremendous benefit to consumers. And I, I would uh, implore you, you know, hey, what is this company called? Is it called, you know... Uh, cheapinsurancequotes.com. Is this even a real insurance agency? Um, you know, I don't know who owns cheapautoinsurance.com or whatever I said. I don't even remember what I said, but I don't certainly don't know who owns it. And I'm not trying to be disparaging to them. Maybe they are a licensed insurance agent. Maybe they're not. But if they're not, do you want to be filling out your information on there? I don't know. I don't. So, uh, you know, I would think that most reasonable people wouldn't. So, you know, as you start to search for cheaper auto insurance or more affordable auto insurance as these costs are rising, take a good hard look at how you are finding places to search and do quotes. And I think a big issue is too, is that a lot of these um, sites look like you're going to get a quote at the end, but you don't. Um, they just sell your info to a bunch of people. So I would highly suggest uh, do a deep dive before you start putting your personal information on the internet. I think it's just a good uh, uh, practice uh, to make sure you're observing. And then really to, to finish this up, I will say that um, one of the more telling articles that I've read in the past few weeks um, since the last episode of this podcast was an article that's titled State Farm's Personal Auto Loss Ratio Exceeds 90% in Quarter 2. And what does that mean? What's a loss ratio, right? A loss ratio is measured by, for every dollar that comes in, how much is getting paid out in, um, in claims. And right now, just in claims cost, uh, State Farm is over 90%. And you might say, well, Peter, that means they're making 10% for every dollar they're bringing in. No, there are other costs besides loss costs, right? I mean, you have to pay, right? State Farm has, uh, you know, people in the claims department they have to pay. They have people in, you know, the the customer service department they have to pay. They've got real estate costs to pay. They've got salaries and commissions to pay. They've got advertising to pay for. And we know that the insurance industry spends a boatload in advertising a year. So this is a huge amount. And State Farm is... is you know, the largest auto insurer in the country. Um, so they're not exempt from this. Um, and this is a big, 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 big amount. You know, State Farm has, um, you know, direct written premiums have gone up 7.1% this year. They're taking rate increases too. Um, you know, they collect over $11 billion in auto insurance premium. It's a big company, and they're feeling the heat just like everyone else, right? We've seen other huge companies like Allstate take massive rate increases, like Geico, uh, like Progressive. And this is a factor of what's going on in the economy today 
This is not a factor of what's going on at a particular carrier today. And when you look at, you know, I mean, State Farm's direct uh, written premiums, $11.2 billion, and this is in quarter two. This is just a one quarter, $11.2 billion. You know, Geico's next at $9.12, then Progressive at, at $9.01, and then Allstate at $7.01 billion. And then there's a pretty big drop-off uh, in market share, and the next would be USAA at $3.81 billion, uh, direct written premium for the quarter. So this is a systemic industry-wide problem. There are things you can do about it. It's important. Reach out to somebody that you can trust. Don't just fill out information on the internet willy-nilly, you know, okay, I'll just put my name and phone number in here because someone's just simply selling that to somebody else. And why not just go where you think you should go to get what you need? Um, why do you need someone to sell your data to somebody else to, <laughs> to do that for you? Um, so, Pay attention to where you're putting your personal information in online. Uh, it's also a good practice to avoid identity theft. So um, there are multiple benefits, but um, you'll go less crazy with a million people calling you and you'll get a more direct and transparent answer. So I always advise you, right, to find an insurance agent who represents multiple companies because they truly can look at you know, different scenarios for you, right? You go to a State Farm agent, they can sell State Farm and maybe that's all they can sell. Maybe they can sell one or two other companies if you don't qualify for State Farm. The same is true with Allstate, same is true with Geico, uh, same is true with Progressive. Why wouldn't you want someone who can do and provide you with more options than just one? So that's my advice for you. I understand auto insurance is going up drastically. Uh, believe me, I hear about it from customers every day. We want to get you in the best scenario we can. We want to get you the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Um, that's our goal. We want happy clients. We don't want unhappy clients. But, you know, do know um, whether you're calling my office or a different insurance agency, you know, um, this is a systemic issue. This is an issue that's happening with many, many carriers, um, not just the one you're with. But we're going to do the best we can with you because we value your business. And and believe me, we understand people are on a fixed income. We understand, you know, this situation with the economy going on. So we want to help you as much as we can. So please reach out to us and let us, you know, be that uh, trusted advisor for you. So until next time, I want to thank you uh, for listening and tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope you learned a little bit and uh, I hope that you please do reach out to me or another, you know, insurance agent in your community that can help you if you're experiencing these rate increases that we know are coming up. Okay. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you in a few weeks.